I'm Sarona Volta, and I'm excited to bring you Hype Women, the podcast. Our next guest has lived in seven different countries. She speaks five languages fluently. At the age of 17, her family was forced to flee her home country of Colombia to go live in the U.S. Melissa Romero stayed behind with her grandmother. She learned to fend for herself, selling sweets to friends for extra pocket money, and finding her own way to take charge of her destiny. At the age of 20, she graduated as an industrial engineer. She has led a $250 million business in a Fortune 500 company. Melissa currently heads the Lean-In organization in the Netherlands. She is also the future founder of a tech startup generator. Melissa Romero is on a mission to redefine leadership, where women can thrive by being 100% themselves. She's here today to talk to us about how to overcome bias and make yourself visible in the workplace. So today we're talking to Melissa Romero. Welcome to Hype Women, the podcast. Good to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Sarona. So tell me more about your journey. I heard that you grew up in Colombia and you're now living in the Netherlands. Was there any culture shock when you transitioned? Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I have left Colombia about 15 years ago. And before yeah. coming to the Netherlands, I have been in other countries. So uh-huh. I did quite a little journey, like flying my way up Europe and ended up in Sweden. And then I figured it was too cold. So I came down to the Netherlands in a nutshell. But yeah, I've been in Italy, in France, in Belgium, in Sweden. And then eventually, you know, with, with kind of a break going to the US and back. And anyways, 10 years ago, I ended up here in the Netherlands. And obviously, every country has its beauties and the diversity of it. But I think the main cultural shock in the Netherlands was, I think, twofold. One is friendships. I figured and and I learned to cherish them a lot. Like Dutch people have deeper and less broad friendships, whereas in Latin America, we are like a lot of, you know, partying, whatever, but you never go so deep. And the second thing is weddings. The fact that they have this bridal party that does a lot for the couple and whatever. Mine was amazing, but I think some of them thought I was right because I wasn't used to it. That is actually very similar to the South African culture. So it's, it's interesting. In a few of your talks, you're also the head of the Lean In organization in the Netherlands. And you talk a lot about biases that women experience. Can you tell me more about do women experience biases at work and what are they? Yeah, absolutely. So Lean partner up with Stanford University and they leverage more than 20 years of research that they have at Stanford with regards to biases that women face in the workplace. And yeah, absolutely. We, we created this program with Lean that is called 50 Ways to Fight Bias. It's a game of cards, so it's very playful, but actually the idea is to teach people about which biases there are and also what situations there are and yeah what are the top six biases basically that are holding women back in the workplace definitely there are biases in the workplace definitely against uh, women and i'm not talking only against women right everybody's biased so minorities and, and whatnot so yeah there are biases that are holding women back in the workplace yeah absolutely what biases have you personally experienced that's funny because, you know, as I say, everybody holds biases. So what 
are biases. Biases are simply a reconstruction of our brain that it's a little bit lazy sometimes and the brain tries to fill in the blank in whatever they don't know. So for example, whenever the people sees my face or on LinkedIn or whatever, already their brain from what they see and from what they know of people that look like me is filling in the blanks and making their own story. So maybe if I get to know that person say, hey, I'm Colombian, then whatever they know about Colombian people keeps, you know, I'm feeling in the story. Then I say my parents live in the US. They start, you know, saying like, oh, thinking of what are all the possibilities that a Colombian person ends up in the US that can be good, that can be bad. All kind of stereotypes. That's what you know of. Yes. Then if I say, you know, I studied in Europe or I speak languages or whatever, then they start you know, their biases start configuring a story that fills in the blank. So saying that I don't have bias is a lie. You yeah. also have biases. Everybody does. And certainly I have been also been a victim of biases every single day, basically, because whenever I shake somebody's hand, they already have a certain amount of biases in their head. So that's, that's only natural. I think we just need to raise awareness of the ones that are really holding other people's back. In a previous talk that you gave, like you mentioned about being experienced in the likability bias, and I found that really interesting, especially since coming from like a cultural background where taught to constantly please, and that somehow lends itself to the workplace as well. Do you want to shed some light on that? Yeah, absolutely. So on that talk, the talk was about shameless self-promotion, right? And and out of the six biases that hold women back, I talk about four that have more to do with the shameless self-promotion and on yeah. why would people even come to the point of being afraid or ashamed of promoting themselves. And indeed, as you mentioned, the number one that I mentioned is the likability bias, because simply this is a bias that is rooted in years of thinking that women are supposed to have a certain role in society that we are more communal you know we're the caretakers we're the we're also raised in a more flat hierarchy yeah. as opposed to you know boys that sometimes you see the boys playing football or whatever and they're like killing each other on the field and as of you know when it's done oh, okay let's grab a beer and no hard feelings but that's the way you know that they are raised in a pyramid hierarchy so they have no hard feelings for somebody that is the coach or the captain or whatever versus generally and generalizing by the way not every girl has been raised this way but a lot of us have I have certainly so you're taught to be more communal flat hierarchy there is no queen bee the queen bee is badly seen etc so in order to avoid that backlash of being seen as not you know not not likable not nice enough not communal enough then we avoid also the, the self promotion that's the likability bias but it also has a double effect mm-hmm. because we are caught up you know in an irony as women it's it's basically likability versus competence so yes. nobody likes not being liked or as much as you say, I don't give a damn what people think about me. It's not nice to be the person that everybody dislikes, right? So yeah. you don't want to be disliked. At the same time, if you're all the time super nice, super communal and fitting to the expectations, unfortunately, people will not see you as the person for the job. So as competent enough to get the job done. So it's either we're seen as likable yeah. or we're seen as competent. And unfortunately, that only happens to women. Men yeah. do not have that duality. Men can be seen and are seen as either, oh, that's a really nice guy and he's an amazing leader. Women usually are, she's a great leader, but she's a bitch. You know, she's yeah. really tough what she does. She's a bitch. Or, apologies, I don't know if I can say this on the mm-hmm. podcast. But yeah, or she's really, really nice, but I'm not so sure she has what it takes. 
How did you overcome that at work? I will not say that I have a magic recipe. And, and, yeah. and as I say, sometimes is, and this is why we do these kind of programs, right? Because yeah. the person that is the victim against the bias, it, it, you know, has the whole world against, if you will, everybody's bias, right? So uh -huh. we need to make sure that we educate the people around us. And once again, I will repeat, everybody's biased. Also, women are biased against other women. It is that was actually my next question. So it's good that you came to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, and, and sometimes, you know, there is indeed this queen bee thing and uh, going on and these yeah. mommy wars going on and we need to stop that. Also as women, we yes. need to double check on ourselves. Like it should really be a yeah. bitch or is, is this my likability bias against her? So I cannot mm. say that I have a potion or a recipe. I do try to, knowing what I know from our program and the research, you know, I try to educate the people around me and also double check on my own bias. But yeah, simply, you know, I try to show up a hundred percent, honestly. There is people that would not like it and indeed they are kidnapped by their own bias. But then you need to just move on and just kind of rationalize and say, hey, you know, they're biased. You just move forward because otherwise I'm going to be held back by it. I've also fell into the same trap and it was actually interesting that I, until I heard your talk on shameless self-promotion, it just kind of clicked in. And I was like, oh, so that was that was what it was. <laughs> yeah. You, in your talk, you mentioned shameless self-promotion. What is that? Yeah, well, shameless self-promotion, basically, as I say, because of these biases, women are usually ashamed to showcase what they have done or, uh -huh. you know, something they have been successful on, etc. So that chat was about how can we promote ourselves yeah. without being held by, by that shame? You know, how yes. can you shamelessly say, I am the leader at what I do. I am really good at what I do and, and not feel... Even by saying it out loud, it feels a little bit uncomfortable, right? Like, yeah, yeah I am, you know, I am the best marketeer out there. Yeah, you are always double checking yourself. We're also kind of caught like, in. We want the compliment and we want the title to come from someone else. We don't want to give it to ourselves because it's like, well, who does she think she is? Exactly. So we're also, yeah, we're also captive by these biases. So yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, there, I think something that plays is also, you know, I talk about the other couple biases, but for example, there is this kind of the performance bias, yes. very linked to the other bias, which is the attribution bias. Performance bias means that we tend to see men as really much better at yes. what they do than they potentially are. And we tend to see women as less capable or less good at what they are. So then that's when you have, for example, recently with the COVID-19 crisis, there have been a lot of articles about what have been the best governments that have managed it. And it turns <laughs> yes. out that it's all kind of women, presidents, prime minister, etc. Kudos on them, right? But yes. is it really because of their gender or is it because the bar was so much higher for them that they're yeah. actually damn good at what they do because... Every time we are, you know, expected to perform less than what we actually do. So these women probably have had to really climb a bigger, taller mountain to get to what they are. And therefore, at the end, that is my conclusion. They end up being better leaders simply because the bar is higher for them, not because they are women specifically. So obviously they have amazing traits as well. And, and you know, one of them is, is my biggest role model is just in the Arden, the prime minister. Yeah. So there is performance bias and there is also attribution bias. So we attribute more often successes and good things to men and also mistakes. We attribute them more often to women. So yes. that also plays on our own because we also think bad for ourselves. So I'm too, too afraid start... to fail. So I exactly. won't even try. 
Exactly. And then you, you start that negative spiral of lack of self-confidence and lack of, you know, and then you, you get, it's a prophecy that basically in some cases become true. You become so insecure in yourself that, yeah, you freeze and kind of move forward. So all of that combined basically yeah. makes this picture and, and, and makes us, yeah, captive of not willing to self-promote in a proud way. How did you get to be to the level of confidence that you have and, and just the courage to speak out, be it in the workplace and, you know, forming, being part of lean in. And often we as women, you mentioned this before, we're not comfortable with being agreeable. We are much more comfortable with being agreeable or being an ally of a male counterpart. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny that you mentioned, I really, I really don't like the word ally, especially when it <laughs> relates to to things, uh, all things feminism and things like that, because I believe that at the end of the day, it's something that we need for the full society. So you're not doing anybody a favor. Like it's also, you're doing it also for yourself, for your children, for, you know, the, the greater good. So I think also, I've had it easier. I have to say, first of all, let's put that out of the table. I've had, you know, certain privileges that other people of color maybe don't have in the sense that, you know, I live in Europe right now, right? I Mm -hmm. live in the Netherlands for my parents who are Latinos living in the US. The prejudice is bigger. So it depends also in which environment you're at. So I'm not willing to say that I have like a magical recipe because I realize that a lot of people have it way less easier, you know, or being an African-American, especially, you know, right now and everything that is is happening and all the prejudices against that community or a Latino in in the U.S., et cetera. Or, yeah, I have also seen a lot of prejudice against, you know, Africans in here in Europe as well, right? So let's say I have fit in a place where the prejudice are a little bit lower for where I come from in where I live at the same time you know maybe also is the way that I have been raised culturally in Latin America we're very outspoken we're very out there etc and one of the things I was talking in that chat was that when I came to the Netherlands here one of the the key sayings is act normal that's crazy enough yeah so imagine for somebody coming from Latin American culture you're like already crazy so please (laughs) get it down a bit but I think you know you kind of learn to navigate and to it's not about not being authentic I still am myself but you need to adapt to your interlocutor in the sense that if that person is somebody that would be more open to you know a more calmer tone or whatever then that's at least your entry point so that you create that level of trust and then once you have built that trust then I go crazy. Then, you know, they, they know that if they come to my birthday, it's going to be a big party and I'm definitely not going to be turning it down. And, but then they know that they will also have the trust so that they know that they count on me and that I will deliver or provide or help or, yeah, or maintain that, that trust, that, that emotional bank account. It's, it's important, but you need to start it somewhere. So I think that that helps a lot to listen a lot to your interlocutor and say, hey, yeah. you know, what is this person open for so that my message can come in in an authentic way, but it also in an effective way. Yes. Because if I come in yelling, maybe the bias is going to be so big that I'm not going to be listened to. Uh-huh. It's interesting that you say that because that, that is something that I also experienced moving from South Africa to Germany because in South Africa, the women are very colorful. We're also very loud sometimes. And moving over to Germany in the midst of winter, 
everything was oh, the gosh. complete opposite. <laughs> and for, you know, I think for a year or so, I, I did not wear any colorful clothes. And then a Malaysian lady, like she dressed up and she was a friend of mine. And, and I said to her, wow, you just look so beautiful. And she said to me, you know, you have to dress up if you, you have to be yourself. And if you wear colors, just dress up. And that, that just did something in my brain. I was like, yeah, why, why did I stop dressing down? And it's, it's, it's just different ways of finding your own self-expression, I think. And then you just grow in this confidence to be right. closer to yourself, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned it because it's true that sometimes, you know, external changes do something with your, at least with your brain that makes you feel, if that makes you feel a little bit more comfortable, please, you know, be my guest, do it. Like I know for myself, one of the (laughs) rituals that I have, if I need to give a presentation or I need to talk in public, I certainly cannot do it wearing flats. Uh, I could, but I feel so much more, you know, that I have so much more presence if I am wearing heels, maybe because of the fact that then it makes me stole stand taller or whatever but you know sometimes these small tricks that are external if they give you a tad more confidence then you know go for it so i'm glad you're dressing up right now and wearing more colors what does authentic self-promotion look like to you i mean from a coming from a social media marketing background i'm, I'm big on personal branding online and i find a lot of times even that people's struggle with women struggle with putting themselves out there because of course you know you influencers do it very professionally but as a professional how do you do that yeah i think you know first of all is overcoming that fear right that barrier and that internal judge you have for yourself that it's going to be thinking oh am i going to come across as or am i begging for attention or whatnot we need to realize that good work doesn't talk for itself we know also because of these attribution bias and whatnot that if in that situation where the results and the deliverables are not clear enough if it's like uh-huh. something that a team delivers something like that women tend to less to get less attribution for the good work so sometimes yes. we just think like i'm going to work really hard and my work is going to be seen that's part of the recipe you need to work yeah. hard and then of course you will do a good job but you need to make sure that people and the right people are aware that you are doing that. So it's just, I mean, you're a marketeer. I'm, I'm also a marketeer already for more than a decade. And we know that the first barrier for people to, you know, sign up to your service or to buy your product is awareness. Yes. So you can have the best product in the world that if nobody knows that it exists, nobody will buy it ever. That you, you start there like, okay, I know that good work on its own doesn't talk. And I need to make sure that I showcase that. And that is okay. Once you cross that barrier, then you need to find the right language, the right words that you feel more comfortable with that are closer to your heart. Like if you have, you can also see tons of examples. You're talking about influencers, but I think LinkedIn is, it's a great one because sometimes I see things coming up where I also feel like a little bit of cringy, you know, feeling like, oh, and it can be coming from men or women. Like, okay, this is clearly like a sales (laughs) pitch, not nice at all. But if you really do it, imagine you're listening to your role model saying it, then you wouldn't find it so bad. Or what are words that come easy to you? Or is it really coming from the heart? Like imagine I have been in this podcast now with you, right? I love the energy. I really see you're doing really amazing work. Yeah, for sure. And the day, you know, you launch it. Well, I'm also willing to 
you know, help others get to know your podcast. So I'm also doing it not for me to showcase like, hey, I've been in a podcast and listen to my two cents on biases. But I will definitely post it on LinkedIn and say, hey, check out the podcast of Sorona. She's doing great work to portray stories of other women that are into, you know, the fight for equality. And, you know, I'm really thankful to have been there. And all of that is authentic. And, you know, that would help you to also get new followers, I hope. And also maybe other people also will hear what I have to say. And indeed, it sounds like self-promotion. And indeed, you know, with Lean In, we offer this program to corporates, to groups and whatnot. But if they don't know that it exists, I cannot provide that value. And I believe what I have to offer is very valuable. It's so funny that, you know, as you're saying all of that, I just found myself feeling super uncomfortable with that. (laughs) (laughs) It already tells you, you know, sometimes you just have to feel it and just push past it. You know, just to go back to something that you mentioned, good work doesn't talk for itself. Can you clarify what that means? Yeah, absolutely. So how many times have we been in situations, indeed what I said, like you said, oh, this year I'm going to get a rating one or the best rating in in my pool, whatever, in your company, or I'm going to do really good at this and that. There's other people evaluating you. Yes. But then you work really, really hard. But imagine you have created a full project in your work on your own. It has been amazing. You know, you have helped a lot of people. But then the people that influence your rating may be, those managers uh, or mm-hmm. directors or, you know, VPs or somebody that is really above you have no clue of yes. all the work, the good work that you are doing. And you're just expecting that maybe somebody will forward or say something. So if you don't have kind of a, a sponsor in that case, for example, yes. if, even if you have a sponsor, what if the sponsor doesn't know? Now you yes. need to make sure that you openly communicate like, hey, maybe you're interested. This is where, how I'm spending my time and this is the feedback I'm getting from the team. And then maybe that sponsor can do it for you and maybe if it's your boss, maybe shine through you because I, honestly, I believe good managers you know, shine through their people, put their people first, and then their managers will see that, hey, okay, wow, that lady is really doing good work. So just doing the work doesn't guarantee that people are going to see it and are going to reward you for it and are going to push you to the next level for it because of it. I know that we touched on this in previous questions, but what I'm also really interested in is, you know, as a woman of color, how do you maybe give us some advice for other women as well? How do you encourage women to break the stereotypes that surround them? And of course, eventually or consequently, raise their visibility in the workplace. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I find this to be, as I say, not a work only of that women. It's just like everything, you know, even if we talk about gender equality. At the end of the day, if you look at CEOs, I'm talking for the Netherlands, for example, only 6% of CEOs are women. So that means that we can, all of us at the bottom, start a revolution and yes, you can drive change and you can drive awareness, but if we alone, we cannot do it. You only change the system where you have people that are in privileged positions that actually realize that this is a necessity and work alongside you to portray this. That's about, you know, the environment and the people around those women in color, make sure that there is a lot of role modeling, that if you have somebody that has made it, that, you know, that you portray that person a lot, that you kind of showcase that person because that's going to be an inspiration for 
younger women of color as well to think, oh, I can also make it. Because when you see a lot of homogeneous profiles at the top, then it's hard to see yourself in that. Like how, yes. and I'm not talking only about women, right? If you are a black boy, do you ever believe you will be the prime minister of the Netherlands one day? I mean, oh my gosh. Cabinets, you know, it's very white and, and males. Well, they're doing better on the gender representation, but still, yeah. if you are not represented, then it's hard for you to see yourself and believe you can become it. And that's one. Uh, the second one, when it comes to themselves, they need to show up for who they are 100% and they need to let go of the biases against yes. themselves. Because sometimes we do believe the story that the world is telling about us. Sometimes we do believe that we're not worth it because, yeah, because simply the attribution biases that a woman, let alone a woman of color, is not capable of. And unconsciously, we start believing that story. So we need to let the narrative and the limiting beliefs go and reframe them towards, I am just a human being. I am as capable as, and I am going to show up 100% and I'm going to show what I am made of and what I'm capable of. As I say, try to find buddies and wingmen and wing women that can also kind of, you know, portray and say like, hey, did you see what Sarona did into, you know, a bigger group? And you know, get that help from also from other people. And maybe you can do it with, a, you know, when a, with a buddy where you say, hey, you know, you, whenever you do something good, I'm going to say this about you. And whenever I do, you know, you return the favor. Sometimes you need this kind of situations because people don't see what they don't see, especially if they benefit from some sort of privilege. Yeah, you've got to encourage each other. What you said was really powerful because I think a lot of times we struggle with the stereotypes and the biases in our own head. And I often have these conversations with friends and like say to them, it really doesn't matter where you come from. And yes, you might have these struggles, but you also have the confidence and the competence to push past that. And, and, and it's, it's just a matter of like redirecting your focus, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Just do um, it like, like any other, you know, white <laughs> woman would do it, which is you need to pass the prejudice and then you need to pass your own prejudice and still go and self-promote and still yeah. go and show up 100%. And if you are this colorful person, you know, dress up and show your colors and people will appreciate it more than if you are trying to hide behind a shade of who you're not. Who are, your, who are, who are some of your female role models? Yeah, well, I already mentioned Jacinda Arden. I think yeah. she is... Uh, fantastic yeah country leader and for yeah. sure you know i follow her on social media i watch her <laughs> lives she's talking to the people of new zealand i'm like oh great <laughs> but uh yeah I, I would say you know in, in the public i i think it would be her and definitely in personal life it will be my grandma my mm -hmm. grandma has been yeah, she's been such a warrior. She's really definitely a matriarch and she's gone through a lot herself and, you know, raised not only her two kids, but also a bunch of other kids. And she's turning 82 in wow. two years, in two days. We're going to have a big Zoom party for her and celebrate everything that like what she has done for all of us. Well, you make her proud. What advice would you give to your younger self? It's funny because in the shameless self-promotion thing, they asked me like, well, what was the best advice I've ever gotten? And I think that's the, the advice that I can give also to my younger self, which is don't let anybody tell you what you cannot do. I think very often if somebody says like, oh no, that's not done like that. Even since we are children, you know, we are conditioned yes. so much. And especially as little girls, depending on, you know, which culture you're raised, but on average, I would say you're very conditioned. And I wish, you know, my younger self knew that some of those things that society told her she couldn't do that actually you can and just go for it. I think that would be the advice I would give her. 
that was also something that I also just only recently figured out. I was like, wow, you can change that. You do not have to follow that. So that has been very liberating. It is powerful, right? (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for joining us today. And it's been a pleasure speaking to you. And we look forward to hearing more from you. Thank you so much, Sarana. And it's been a pleasure also talking to you, being here. Thank you for giving me this space. Thank you for listening. If you like our show, you know what to do. Tell your best friends, your mom's neighbor, or the lady on the bus. Tell your boss and the trolls of the internet. Until next time, like, share, and subscribe.